we're live. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Holy Crap, the vlogcast. Vlogcast comes from a skeptical point of view to answer some of the questions of why. This vlogcast started as a combination of spite and the Streisand effect because, uh, well, basically because uh, I'm an evil genius and I figured it was the easiest way for me to have my vanity fed by just talking as much as possible. It works for me. Part of this is to follow through with the old adage, sometimes the journey is more important than the destination. I'm your main host. I'm known as Shujin Tribble all over the place. You can pretty much find me everywhere under that name, S-H-U-J-I-N, right... Oh, it's right there on the screen. See, I can I can do this. Yeah, I, I'm not really good at this. But let me go ahead and introduce you to everybody, because, well, that's kind of what, uh, what we're all here for, isn't it? Top left-hand corner, North America... Joining us from uh, very outside of uh, Edmonton. I'm going to keep using that joke. Uh, uh, I'm not going to use that joke anymore. Dell, yeah. good evening. Good evening. Yes, I, I am. I'm so far on the outskirts of Edmonton. I'm not even in the city. Yeah. Next is going to be that uh, you're you're way outside the outskirts of PIE. PEI? Shit. I keep yeah. forgetting it up. You know what? Well, you. You know, truth be told, with the, with the way the urban sprawl is happening here, uh, I would say within another 20 to 30 years, um, between Calgary and Edmonton, we'll be Mega City One. <laughs> yeah, we'll see about Points that. Points if you guys get that reference. Yes. And uh, speaking of uh, from the outskirts of various other places, uh, at one point, not too very long ago, uh, in the greater Toronto briefly area and and all points south sort of bridget good evening good evening yeah bridget was uh out this end of the i I was gonna say this end of the state but not exactly province (laughs) yeah she was out visiting uh toronto and uh the little one and i got the chance to meet up and i walked across the bridge it's the first time i've had the chance to do that uh we'll we'll if you've been watching our Twitter feeds, you would have seen some of the stuff, but we'll, we'll tell you about that in a little bit. Um, we'll, we'll have to skip over that. Uh, from from uh, very close to getting drowned with... Uh, a, a, is it still a cat, too? I don't, even, I don't even know at this point. Unreal Tech, good morning. Wait, drowned? It, well, we didn't the, get that close... I, I don't live in Alabama. No. <laughs> no um, Sorry. Uh, from from what I was told, uh, North Carolina got nailed. Yeah. Yeah, Charleston got nailed. I'd actually, uh, the part that they were showing on the news, like, um, they actually showed one of the power transformers where the lines had come down and was making all these sparks and everything. I was like, hey, I actually walked down that sidewalk before. Uh, so... For me, that was kind of surreal. Um, but that's why uh, if you live or work near Charleston, you'll find that there are so many companies there that actually have a very liberal work-from-home policy. Because as soon as the raining inf- starts, even if it's not a hurricane, uh, certain areas flood. And mm-hmm. so people – yeah, so a lot of companies – you know, that have the ability to work where the people have the ability to work from home. They have very liberal policies of, uh, it just started raining. Yeah. Go ahead. Work from home. And it's not because they're afraid of rain. It's because they have a legitimate problem with rain. And when you're on the water like that, I mean, I'm on the water, but 
where my house is located, where my job is located, and the roads in between, unless it's hurricane levels, we're fine. You know, there are some other minor areas where I'm located where two inches of rain. Yeah, they've got flooding. Those people stay home. <laughs> yeah, kids is a blame. In the Shiloh House notes is probably the wrong spot. I just posted some of the, a picture of some of the devastation that was from Alabama. <sighs> Not I, fun. I, it, it was a little, it was a little weird to see that on TV. Going, man, I've been there. Yeah. Hmm. Fair enough. But it, but I will tell you this. Uh, it's a good thing. When you look at where a place has been devastated and you have actually been there, it hits mm-hmm. you in a way that just watching another area got hit that you've never been to, you've never had any emotional investment, no financial investment, no, enough, no kind of investment whatsoever, you brush it off. Whereas you've been there, it's it hits you. Yeah, New Orleans was like that for me. It was it was bad. No, no, it was that way for my uh, brother-in-law. He's no, Nolans. 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 That one hit me pretty hard. So, of course, uh, as always, everybody, uh, thank you for joining us. We hope that you are going to be having yourself a good time. I'm just uh, readjusting the, the video for a couple of seconds over here. Uh, because since uh, Bridget was over in, uh, over in Niagara Falls, and there are some pictures available... I did a little something special over at the uh, over at the um, duty free store. I bought this. This is Prosecco. Now the reason why I got it is that uh, well, uh, I have been watching a video series on YouTube called uh, Sorted Foods. Fun bunch of guys over in uh, over in England. And they were checking out some pretentious, possibly pretentious ingredients. And one of them was uh, stuff to drizzle into your Prosecco because it's uh, iridescent and pink and it's supposed to make all kinds of nice and pretty. And uh, they they were trying to figure out, is it it pretentious or not? (laughs) And I... This was one of the smallest bottles that wasn't cologne or fruity, smelly, alcohol-based women stuff. And, and, and trust me, there's, there's a lot to smell in that place. And I said, hey, um, why not? I'll give it a try. Uh, because, for instance, there was the, uh, I think it was four and a half liters of Jameson. I think is what oh it my was. Goodness. Yeah, How was that the place that? where you ah. showed the picture holding the two um, yeah handles of uh, rum? Yeah. No. Well, no. that was that was the same place, but uh, obviously that that wasn't it. I'll have to double check and see if I can figure out where the uh, where the picture is on that one in particular. But it mm-hmm. did come with a metal stand that you could pour with. So it would tilt the whole thing over, so you didn't have to carry, you know, the the the, the whole thing over. But uh, oh, yeah. I, like I said, um, I figured yeah, Canadian was... Club Whiskey does that. Okay. Oh, and as a complete, by the way, now that uh, now that he's over here, Joey joining us from uh, over there in Ohio, where there are many vapor trails happening. Hey, man. <laughs> You don't understand what my day has been like. 
You've been playing know, with your new not, toys, haven't you? No, no. It hasn't gone nearly the way you think. Because I was trying to sleep this morning. As I want to do, as I, you know, work. Mm-hmm. Evening shifts. Mm-hmm. And what should happen at 10 a.m.? But the Clinton County Corn Festival Parade coming through, not oh, 15 boy, oh, boy. feet from my window. Oh, I figured somebody was, you guys were talking about Vapor Trails, I figured somebody was playing the Rush album on high. I got a question. Yeah. <laughs> I know this is this is stereotypical, and uh, I've, I've far from seen every single parade out there, but why the hell is every tuba player some fat kid? Because otherwise, I resemble that remark, sir. You, you very well might. It, it all comes down to if you give me a pole long enough, I can lift the world. You need to have a really big kid in order to haul that euphonium around. That's uh, that's my story. Not to mention, that's my story not to mention, you it. need an epic pair of lungs. Yeah, that's that's really what it comes down to. Yeah, no, I. I did play tuba in school uh, from grade seven all the way to grade twelve. So mm. I know a bit about I, I know a bit about what I speak. Speaking as uh, somebody who actually fuck got you and off, fuck you and your corn. One of the nice things about a tuba is if somebody's <laughs> picking on you, all you have to do is drop it on their foot. Oh. Accidentally, that is true. Accidentally, that remember, ac- remember, accidentally, you know those straps do slip. Oops. Yeah. See, you you got you got to remember. You know, just saying. Th- there has to be plausible deniability, otherwise you get in trouble. It's yeah. a tuba. There's See, always plausibly deni- <laughs> plausible deniability. Be glad, be, be glad that I sold all my guns. I ju- part of the the sleepy, very disgruntled part of me was very much considering just going straight up Lee Harvey on that shit. But no, no, wouldn't do that. I'll just wait till next year. Get one of those gigantic Nerf water uh, water balloon slingshots and a whole lot of spoiled eggs. <laughs> uh, we'll keep we'll keep that Boom! headshot. We'll keep that in mind. So uh, for the, for everybody, just so you know, the 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 long and short of it is, Joey has a new machine. It is significantly yes. faster, uh, and there are vapor well, trails coming out of Ohio right now. Well, um, the last one quickly. I, the last one was 12 years old. It was built to top st- top specifications, a $2,500 build in 2007. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Things, have, uh, things have motored a bit. She died the other night. She, uh, she shuffled off her mortal coil. Yes, she, has since, she has since been replaced courtesy of the wonderful folks over at Micro Center uh, with a, well, a much better, or, or well, a it's much a, more current yes. design. Yes. Let's, let's just go ahead and say that the, uh, uh, the size 8 boot print had nothing whatsoever to do with what ended up happening to his machine. Not a damn thing. <laughs> what, you... Don't use your sensitive electronics for uh, sparring practice. <laughs> so, before um, before hey, I go ahead and do hey. our opening for tonight, to be to be fair, to be fair, per- to be fair, to be fair, to be fair, per- 
percussive maintenance has done wonders in the past for me. Yes. Mm. Uh, I believe the term there is percussive therapy. No, no. Maintenance is, is the correct and accepted term. Uh, however, that stopped being useful when we stopped and, using vacuum tubes. So, you might want to reconsider that one. I'll debate that point. Yeah, I know. I know. Be there a minute. Before we go ahead and uh, get started with uh, with tonight's opening, I figured that since the uh, uh, since the I've got the uh, the drink and I did not think to remind everybody. Yesterday was the day that my wife and I first met at college, nineteen eighty eight. I remember it vividly. I also remember that part of the reason why I remember it very well is because. I remember everything that I wore that day because U.S. Air had forgotten where my luggage was for a day going from Long Island to Buffalo. Thanks, guys. So I had a Don Johnson-esque white jacket. Some of you are old enough to remember that. Mm -hmm. I had uh, white pants that instead of having a usual um, button closure... It used Velcro. I was thin enough where this was not an issue. I had deck shoes, and I had a Bloom County t-shirt that said, A Head Warp Zillion. Nice. And she still remembered me. <laughs> so earlier today, as is my wont, we went back to the college. I left a dozen roses in the band room. I got another case of wine from Woodbury Vineyards. Very happy that they were able to get their uh, their glass this year. There was a little bit of a mix-up with that. They almost didn't have glass. And to share with my friends, because we get together on a Saturday, I got five, and let me tell you, this was interesting, five orders of seven stars around the moon from the Chinese restaurant just off of campus. And when I asked, do you still do it? Because I'm only there once a year. Oh, yeah, we still do that. Can I get five orders? Five. And it held up her hand, making sure. Like, yes. For here? No, no. We're, we're driving back to Buffalo to, to share with folks. Okay, yeah, we can do that. So, you know, it was always fun. So... This has nothing to do with the usual opening, but to friends and family and those people that will always be in our lives, whether they're in our lives or not. And that is, um, that is interesting. I was warned that it was going to be a very dry sparkling wine. Remember, it's not champagne. It doesn't come from champagne. So, meh. But, um, okay. I don't know that I'm gonna particularly enjoy this, but pretentious or not, you decide. So tonight, I am going to be opening something I have never had. Given to me by a friend. It's from Lithuania. It's called Starka. Hmm. English letters. That's nice. Well, 
that's the only English letters. The rest of it's all in Lithuanian. Uh, I have never had this before. Now, I told him, I was like, look, I, I can't have whiskey because my body doesn't react positive to anything whiskey or whiskey family. He goes, no, no, uh, that you don't have to worry about. This is more of a, um, uh, like a brandy than anything. So I was like, well, Ooh, okay, I want to give this a shot. And so I just cracked it open. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, that's definitely reminiscent of a brandy. Yeah. I'm glad I don't have that problem. It's well, a beautiful smell. Shujin? Hi. Just to prove to prove it? Yes, you did get it. You, I did. Now, watch this. No, watch this. Watch this. Mm-hmm. Does it sing the Tigger song? No. No, but I will be if I have a... No, hey, look, I have one shot too many. I just might. Watch this. Tis golden Look brown. at that pour. That is a that's, deep dark. That's the, that is the stock rum. They have, I think, three other versions of this stuff. Uh, holy crap. Wait, Sorry, that's I, rum? I, yeah, it's Wild Tiger uh, Special... Name drop. Oh, wild Tiger. I thought it said Wild Turkey there for a moment. I was like, Wild yeah. Turkey is a whiskey. Nope. I know. I can't wild, have that nope. stuff. This is, uh, this is Wild Tiger Special Review Rum, product of India. Huh. Well, uh, Tiger, emblo- the, the Tiger uh, icon- iconography. iconography. See, tiger, yeah, that makes sense now because India is yeah. big on tigers. And you see, you get a little you get a tooth or claw or whatever with it. Fake. <laughs> fake. It's a keychain. And it is fake. Hopefully it fake. Is. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, no, if, if have, it was have a you real had it thing, <laughs> no, uh, Shujin introduced me to it, sort of. Uh, although I'm about half done the bottle now. Is it good? It oh. is incredible. And uh, if you like, if you like your dark rums, you will uh. love this. And Joe, you want to do? Uh, you want to interject. I thought you wanted to interject something. Okay. No, because um, the rum is not, in fact, gone. So we have to work on that. Give me time. <laughs> this is only twenty three percent alcohol, but by volume, but it's still got a nice kick to it. And mm. um, it, what caught me off guard was is it's borderline between burn and warm on the way down here. So it's it's almost like you know that that. Imagine putting your hands in hot water where it's just that temperature where you can just barely stand it before it starts feeling like you're getting burned by the water. That's what this feels like going down. It's really nice. I was and something not else, expecting that. Something else on the label here. Um, I, I know we're going way off topic here, though. But mm. um, Yeah, well, we uh, haven't even yeah. really started. Yeah, for export purposes only. Supporting tiger conservation via Wild Tiger Foundation. And I love the, I love the acronym. Or the the uh, the abbreviation WTF, uh, <laughs> yeah. but it is uh, it's an NGO to save the tiger and its habitat in South India. How cool! So buy one, save a cat. Nothing wrong. I with like that. all of that. Nice. Yep. Yeah. And uh, last item, Bridget, you may not necessarily you you may not be drinking anything special at the moment, but you have. A new something to drink from, don't you? A water bottle, by chance? <laughs> yes. With this particular you, shape? Uh, you this one were bequeathed blue. the bottles? Oh, my God. The blue you, you, one. Yes. Put, put, put it on the video. Come on. You got to. 
I don't have it with me. It's in my suitcase. It's okay. For those of you who are wondering, yes, Bridget now has a blue ball to drink out of. <laughs> wait, wait. Oh, you went for the ball, not for the shaft. No, it's got the it's got, it's the, got the it's thing. got the whole thing. Oh, it's the whole assembly. Yeah. It's yeah. complete. From pride, yes. <laughs> cool. We will we will get the chance it, to see it, wait, it later. Is it yes. detachable? Uh, doesn't have the lanyard with it. Oh darn. Yeah, but I'll I'll I will present it next week. <laughs> See, only a woman could get away with presenting it because if a guy presents it, oh well, that's sexual harassment. <laughs> we yeah, and I know see. we're not getting monetized anyway, but yeah, that would kill us. That would kill us right there. <laughs> we shall see. Meanwhile, let me go ahead and do the 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 thing that I do so often, so much, and basically comes do. down to um, let me just go ahead and talk because that's kind of my thing. So. With five minutes on the clock, yes, I'm still investigating a countdown timer to put on the screen. Leave me alone. Five-minute freestyle starts right now. Fun. Oh, my God. Um, do you remember what it used to be like to have fun? I I, I know it, it sounds kind of silly to put it this way, but I don't know about the rest of you guys, but for the last two years... I have been one of those people with, like, massive existential dread. I don't mean fear. I mean just absolute dread. Being worried about what in the hell is going on around me. And I don't even necessarily need to be saying, you know, regarding my country. Because, you know, we talk about my country far more than I would really like. You know that. I try not to. But over the last two years, three years, that's what it's been coming down to. Because that's where that's where the story's been. And it sucks. Because I don't remember ever feeling like this. When I was a kid, when I was in grade school, we would have fire drills in elementary school. To be expected. I mean, it's something that you have to worry about. It's a legitimate concern. Even if you're dealing with a building that was built in the 50s and made out of brick, who in the hell is able to turn brick into, you know, fire? All right, whatever. But we were taught, line up nice and quiet, come walk outside, this is where we're all supposed to be. There's everybody else. Hi. Okay. Shh. Sorry. Sorry. I'll shut up now. Okay. We're all good. They, they, they rang the all clear bell. Okay. Let's go back inside. Cool. There was one other that we used to do when I was a kid and reminding you, I grew up on Long Island on the South shore. We had air raid drills. Yeah. No lie. No shit. I remember having to go into the hallway, out of the classroom, into the hallway, and lean against the wall with my hands clasped over my head and lean against the wall to be safe. 
The problem of it was, as we all know all too well, that this would have been in the mid-70s. Which meant that if there was going to be a bomb that we would have to concern ourselves over, there was, of course, the very likely facet that it was not something that a bunch of kids under a desk or crouching in a hallway were going to be safe from. It's still the way that it is today. Only instead of air raid drills, now they're lockdown drills. Now they're close up the room, lock them up, turn out the lights, cower in a corner. And before anybody goes ahead and says, well, what you need is more guns in order to prevent the whole damn thing from happening. No. No. The biggest thing is to not have the guns at all. Because if the gun isn't there, the gun can't be used. You're going to go ahead and do the whole, well, you take away the guns from the good people who's got them left, but the people that don't want to follow the... Okay, fine. We can go round and round and round on this whole damn thing ad nauseum. It doesn't change the fact that we have a generation that is growing up afraid out of their minds to go to school because they're afraid at six fucking years old that they need to have something written on them in Sharpie, no less, so that their parents will be able to know who it was. Kids should be allowed to be kids. Kids deserve to have fun. Think back. If you were six years old, how would you feel? If you don't have kids, think about what it would mean. You've got parents. What would they have done? Kids deserve to be kids. They don't need to be enemy combatants in somebody's civil war. This episode 277 on the dock, Your Honor, less pew, pew, pew to go around. And funny enough, it actually uh, plays into the whole damn thing of what I'm talking about tonight. Because the whole thing about the guns has been an interesting item as of late. And... Walmart and Kroger and a couple of other places have basically said, you know what, we're going to very soon stop selling specific ammunition types, specifically not sell handguns or short barrel rifles. We will only sell long barrel and sport slash hunting rifles and shotguns. As far as I'm concerned... It's a step in the right direction, and I applaud them. 
Yeah, what I agree. I'm, what I am really disgusted about is the why it happened. Because just like with a whole bunch of other lawmakers who pass anti-LGBTQI plus legislation, once somebody gets hurt by a close to them, suddenly they have a reckoning. That's exactly what happened here. And that is fucking disgusting to me. And yes, I've gone ahead and I've used the F-bomb twice already. Can't imagine why. So, at what point were you expecting the government to actually be proactive. Funny enough, we're going to be getting to that in just a couple of moments. I unfortunately have not been able to find any new information on Rafe Badawi as of this week, which is the norm, which is annoyingly the norm. So as of the recording of tonight's show, this has now been seven years, two months, 25 days, since Rafe Badawi was unjustly incarcerated for thought crimes, our hopes and our thoughts are still with you and your family. We are still waiting. So I've got uh, I've got somebody that I happen to know. And I don't like to be a name dropper, but for for what it's worth, I'm going to go ahead and drop a name. For those that have watched CNN and various coverages of various different things over the last couple of years, you might have seen a uh, a retired New York City detective by the name of Thomas Verney. Graduated high school with him. He is one of those people who has uh, a very public profile on Facebook, he has uh, generously donated a lot of his time on CNN to talk with folks about various different things that have been going on. He has been very good about speaking his mind and being clear, concise, and well-vetted with his information, which, as you can well imagine, is something that you know we, we grand, grandly appreciate on this show people who can actually back up what it is that they're saying. And he said something that still to this day chills me because he has said it multiple times. After Sandy Hook, nothing was done, which means nothing will ever be done. Because if we can't even be bothered to protect grade school kids, then what the hell? I am highly paraphrasing, but effectively, that's what it comes down to. Here in the U.S., people being shot, more than one mass shooting, or I should say multiple shooting, per day in my country is apparently considered acceptable losses because reasons, because the love of the almighty pew pew bang bang. But Walmart is saying that they're going to be getting out of the handgun business and they're going to be dropping uh, various different types of ammo. Uh, 
Joey, you would know a little bit better than the rest of us. Uh, the various ammo that they were looking at. Ah, uh, crap! I thought that I had. I thought I had uh, a listing. Well, from what I saw uh, posted on the articles about this, it's specifically handgun ammo. If I remember correctly, there were a couple of them that were also for rifle. Uh, I don't remember seeing. Let me me check. I think uh, 5.56 caliber, I think, was one of the ones that was listed. But the problem of it is I should have I should have see the first draft that I had of the show notes actually had the uh, the calibers in there. And then I thought, nah, I don't need to do that. Yeah, idiot that I am. They will sell firearms. Uh, yes. This is this is per a uh, direct uh, the Walmart senior director of communications Delia Garcia uh, is quoting her during a press release. Uh, yeah, short version. Our assort, our, well, it's a fairly short paragraph. Our assortment will remain focused on the needs of hunting and sport shooting enthusiasts. It will include rifles used for deer hunting and shotguns, much of the ammunition that they require, as well as hunting and sporting accessories and apparel. In other words, if we sell the firearm, we sell the ammunition unless uh, for it, unless that ammunition, such as the 223 caliber and 556 caliber, that while commonly used in hunting rifles can also be used in large capacity magazines on military style rifles. And also the three, uh, 300 caliber blackout, the 7.62 by three, nine, which is, uh, the Soviet style Warsaw, uh, AK 47 type ammunition and the two, two, four Valkyrie, which will, uh, which can also be used in military style rifles, will be uh, suspended. Now, that the, the fact that Walmart is stopping to sell it, that doesn't mean that the ammunition is illegal yet. No, no, it's far from illegal. So, I mean. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, okay, look, I applaud. I, I mean, look, I'll be honest. Baby step. Well, hold on. Like, like I said, I'll be honest. Why somebody would need certain kinds of weapons it's beyond me but then again no but then again i live in a city the last time i lived in a place where wildlife came traipsing through my backyard there was a gun in the house and i don't ever recall my father ever having fired it at least in my presence well, you know, there, um, th- there is the occasional Timmy's that needs to go ahead and shoo away a, a deer every once in a while. You know that. You know, yeah, yeah you're right. I'm just... Yeah. I'm, I'm, well, coyotes are a thing. Yeah, yeah. coyotes, uh, and in my neck of the woods, well, back in the day, bears, mountain lions. I mean, there was for bears, there was a garbage dump maybe, I don't know, 12 kilometers away from the where my parents had their cabin. Well, that's you want to go enough. see bears? Yeah, you want to go see bears? You go there. Good, good example of uh, the marketing as far as two two three is concerned. Two two three is effectively the same caliber as a twenty two caliber uh, long rifle. Okay, as 
and the the actual projectile isn't that much bigger. What's different is the powder charge behind it. It's a magnum style rifle. Uh, when I say magnum, I'm not referring to the like caliber like 357 magnum. That's different. When I'm talking about magnum style, I'm talking about the shape of the actual cartridge where it has the neck comes out and then you have the powder charge which is thicker than the actual oh. caliber of the round. So <laughs> so 556 is effectively, you know, a magnum style uh cartridge versus 22 long rifle which, you know, the entire the entirety of the cartridge is the same roughly the same diameter as yeah. the uh, projectile. The reason why people, uh, why two two three started catching on a lot as a civilian market caliber was specifically for things called varmint rifles. These include things like the Mini fourteen and whatnot. Being that they are lightweight, easy to use, and they are far more reliable in dealing with things like coyotes and other small grade. Uh, pests specifically out in the uh, in the central and western states where people have large property and livestock to protect and mm-hmm. in those situations 22 long rifle is still really just a pistol cartridge and it's only it's effective range and velocity are not that great when you're trying to fire at a coyote that's ducking and weaving and bouncing all over a field. Yeah. But it was what bazookas are for. But well, no, (laughs) but here's the thing. Go Nintendo on its ass. It's also very difficult to hit a coyote on the move with a full caliber rifle. Because of the uh, kickback, right? Not to mention, you know, you might be a ranch hand, but you might not be that well built. Not everybody can fire, you know, thirty out six or seven point six two from the shoulder yeah. without, you know. My issues. my ex brother in law was is a hunter, and uh, there were a couple of times he went out, and there were times he came back and he wasn't looking so good, and yeah, he he didn't sit his rifle properly on his shoulder, and he paid the price. My favorite but, videos are the guys that are holding the rifles out like this looking down the scope and then they pull yeah see that's called being an idiot that's that's called potential darwin award yeah but to my point like i said um guns like that i understand because i lived in a place where something like that was justified it is uh to 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 make sure that we've got a, a fine enough point on this one yeah this is when people talk about a firearm is a tool. This is a tool that has a specific expectation of use for a yeah. specific expected problem. Yeah. Or in the case of hunting, and a lot of people say, well, nobody hunts these days. Okay, let me no, break this down for no, you. No, 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 no. No, listen to me. How in the hell are you supposed to kill a steelhead fish if you don't have armor-piercing bullets, that's what it comes down to. <laughs> Actually, Sorry, no. the only the only valid no, the, the excuse only I have person. ever heard anybody give for having steel-jacketed slugs, armor-piercing, whatever you want to call these things, 
mm-hmm. was when they were to shoot a bear because the skulls are so thick. Yes. A bullet might bounce off and they're out camping with a loved one. They're going into bear country or something. You know what? You're going into bear country. Yeah. They should have a wall of this stuff works best against bears. Yeah. You know what? You know what? Have a nice day. How about just don't go into bear country? That's just me. That's just Unfortunately, me. some people don't have an option against. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, so, I'm, I'm sorry for, dis- for for trampling all over you, Dal. Go, yeah, go ahead. But, and but anyways, and actually, um, my ex brother in law. Well, my ex brother in law actually did get a bear with a black powder rifle. <laughs> yeah, it was impressive. <laughs> Somebody's no got shit. balls that clank. No uh, kidding. Yeah, you should. Yeah. Anyways, the bear or him? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, the bears but, now got him inside his. You, Sorry. Yeah, like where um well actually the, the bear is now a, a wall mount, but anyways. Um Does it give health so, regeneration? No, no, so so not, again, no. like like I was saying. <laughs> nope. Yeah. So so Beth actually said it. Um she says, quote, I live in hunting country, and trust me, most true hunters find this want for pew pews ridiculous. Um and then I understand. Um where 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 are you seeing this? Live chat. Uh, um, my live chat is not showing anything. All right. Uh, you might and you might need to scroll, or you might need to set close, it off of top to cl- yeah. Close, uh, feel close it. it. Yeah. Um, shoot, real quick, just close it and then re- uh, go to the YouTube page and reopen it. Yeah. Uh, and then Felis asked, uh, "Bear hunting? There now, it is, mother." F- now, what happened with the bear was this one was actually getting a little bit too close to certain campgrounds in the area. In other words, this wasn't actively going out and hunting a bear, which is illegal in most parts. This was more uh, defense. And he did get permission to do it. Like, he went through all proper channels to make sure that if he was taking this thing down, he wasn't going to get in trouble for it. I, uh. I was there for the whole story. But anyways, what I'm getting at is, like I said... I don't understand why somebody would want a particular kind of firearm, you know, that, okay, from an, okay, from a collector's point of view, okay. If you're collecting, if you're wanting it so that you can look cool, I'm sorry. I, I don't get that. Now, Walmart stopping to sell certain ammunitions and certain, um, certain kinds of guns, that's great. But they're not illegal, which means there's still a potential that Bob, Bob is a, uh, is a person who was maybe once a, uh, an enthusiast, shall we say. Bob suddenly realizes that he can't get his super bullets for his RoboCop gun because, you know, Walmart doesn't sell them anymore. And, oh, look, his RoboCop gun broke, so he needs another one. Well, what is Bob going to do? Bob is going to go get a business license and Bob is going to open up Bob's bullets, not to be confused with Bob's burgers. Although given, given what I've seen with some banks, Bob's burgers and bullets could become a new franchise. Especially so, Texas. well, but that, that's what I'm getting at is that I applaud Walmart for wanting to take a conscientious step. And the fact that it was proactive or reactive, you know what? We're human. 
And unfortunately, in many cases, reactive is the default state. You know, we're, we don't give a damn about anything until it hits either us or very close to home enough that we can feel it. That's who, that's what we are. It's the human condition. So yeah, Walmart may stop. And I know I realize that's 20% of, uh, of the market from what I was reading earlier today. Yeah. 2025. Yeah. But that could be taken up by small business owners. Oh, it will. It absolutely will. And we know full well that in the areas where, you know, Pew Pew is my God-given right, which, um, yeah, thanks, folks. We know full well that there are going to be a lot of groups that are going to say, okay, let's go ahead and uh, buy all this stuff from the local guy that wants to support us because he knows what it's all about, which is all well and good. You go ahead to get yourself, uh, you know, uh 1500 rounds and then you're not going to buy anything more and the money's going to dry up for the guys that are buying the stuff and then you get raided and well um it's just bad for everybody involved <laughs> we we yeah. joe joe and Dylan and i we we kind of talked about this uh briefly last night that you know how many guns do you really need effectively how many rounds of ammunition can you really expect to go through unless you've got sasha you're not going to be going through, you know, 1,500 rounds of ammo. But, like I said at the start, this didn't happen. It cost $40,000 to fire this gun I know. for 12 seconds. I know. <laughs> I thought it was but for 30 seconds. Doesn't matter. It, 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 it's a lot for a lot of boom. It didn't happen because they felt bad. They got hit with their employees walking out. They got hit with their employees getting dead. They got hit with a whole bunch of PR of, well, what the hell are you going to do now that your people have gotten hurt? If it was an OSHA violation you sure as shit would have been doing something to fix it. But because it's the whole changeover with the way to the goddamn um, Supreme Court has changed the way we look at the Second Amendment over the last 50 years, you know, it, it's it's just it's just absolutely ludicrous to me. Um who was it? Was it John McCain? Uh, where his daughter came out as, as gay, and then all of a sudden he had this big change of heart about the gays? What did I say? Reactive is the default state of humanity. Well, there was another and man who uh, was against gay um, homosexuality until his son came out. Yeah. And then suddenly he wasn't against it anymore. Well, okay, and uh, this is the cynic in me, and this is the fact this is my third one tonight. Hey, don't I, you I don't, be taking my cynicism badge. Well, I'm going for the solid second place here. All right, all right, that's fine. Let's see what you got. Go ahead, bring it on. Okay. I want to see what happens. Well, actually, I don't, but here's <clears throat> a point. No, something to ponder. 
what happens if a mass shooting happened in Beverly Hills or Hollywood or one of these places where a lot of this stuff is coming from? I wonder if minds would be changed that way as well. Well, I do know like Weezer I said, wouldn't want to be there. Well, all I'm saying it's a point of it's a point of speculation. I sure as hell don't want it to happen. I don't think any of us But do. it does make you wonder because Well, except for Bieber. I mean if you see Bieber, go go right ahead. <sighs> We're not advocating the death of Bieber. We, we just aren't. return him to Canada. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, the border look, patrol deal with his Hey, you guys can't even you guys can't even kick Ken Ham back to Australia. That's true. So screw you all. That's oh, true. That, that's because we got water in the way. And we if we, if we kick him, you know, with the lack of brain cells, he'll drown, and that's um, murder. Um, Where, whereas Bieber could just walk across the border. Uh, no, we can't. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try something I haven't tried before because then, because the hockey players will be waiting for him. Uh, I'm gonna try to type something in our chat, not, not the, uh, not the, not the, uh, not the, the live chat oh. for. So, okay, because what about tonight's show being brought by? Uh, no, it's it, 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 it's it's a whole other thing because uh, I I don't want to say this out loud, but. I don't have the luxury of being able to turn off the microphone feed to like YouTube, like I like I can do when I'm doing the uh, the Friday night DJ set. So, I wonder if there's a problem with my hair. Um, no, just uh, uh, hold on. <laughs> oh, the one under direct messages for this. So uh, that's that's what was going through my head, and I was thinking to myself. I really shouldn't say that out loud. Yeah. And we lost Bridget. Yeah, yep. we lost Bridget. Yeah, but, but look, we're all together like, now. Yeah, but but getting to my point, like <laughs> all I'm saying is it's it's amazing how fast people will react when something hits them personally or something, well, something you hits what them personally. You remember about Charleston, right? Yeah, but, but something that hits them personally that suddenly goes against the narrative or the opinion that they've been pushing. So McCain was one. Uh, the other one you mentioned is another. Now, I'm, I'm not saying that, you know, a, a mass shooting should be evidence that we need more guns. No, I, I don't think so. I think, like, like you said before, Shujin, a tool to perform a specific task, a necessary task, depending on where you live. I get that. I fully get that. If, you know, I, I, I don't think you need a, a fully, actually, you, know, you can't, you can't get a fully automatic rifle because uh, those actually okay. are illegal. Uh, well, depending on the licensing that you have. Uh, let, let, let's say the typical, because I hear that a lot, is that if you want something that can rip a clip in five seconds, you're not going to get it. Generally Every speaking. person such as myself is not going to get that sort of license. Yeah. Or We're someone just like me. not going to qualify for it. Yeah. The only way I get something like that is if I go buy an Airsoft. That's a lot of fun. Oh, by the way, uh, Bridget, welcome back. And um, it's like you have figured it out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, by the way, uh, f- sorry, guys. Remember, we're still kind of new at this whole thing. 
So techie, mm-hmm. techie things here a second. Uh, Bridget, by the way, uh, and, and this goes for everybody else, by the way, um, while we're on air, uh-huh. if you send me an, if you send me a direct message outside of our group call, you won't see it. I, I, I do see that it's there, but if I were to go ahead and flip over there, I will lose the way that I've got the video set up and people uh, may be able to see what's going on. So whatever you wrote, I can't see right now. You don't Sorry. need to. Okay. I was just like, what do I do to rejoin the call? That I'm <laughs> so, so for the Luddites out there who need to, to know how to juggle that sort of thing, uh, there is a cell phone app called Discord. No, I've got that. But <laughs> that at the same time. You can pull that stuff up dude, on the app. I've got it on here, but in the middle of the show, it's not really good for me to be, you know, doing and 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 trying to do this and the whole thing. It I, I, there's only so many brain cells I have available right now. So you know, <laughs> yeah. You want, um, you want to know how many okay. brain cells I've got right now? Eleven. That's how many yeah. brain cells I've got right about now. Okay. Yeah. Well. Anyways, it's um, been fun. Uh, it's been fun, YouTube. But uh, as per your demonetization efforts. Uh, Oh wait, we're not okay. we're not monetized to begin with, are no, we? No. We need about a hundred times the listenership to to even be considered. At which point they go, no. That is until some special snowflake pops on and says that show offended me. We've yeah. had that already. Doesn't matter. Yeah, we have. Besides, if people really want to be offended. You know, I've 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 still got. You know, but we're, we're, not for this show. Not for this show. No, it's, it's shoot and tribble. Last of his name, keeper of the list. Keeper of the list. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Felix said, uh, "Sounds like Walmart dropped the ball." Sorry, I think your action is more political. I couldn't agree more with that. No, and, and um, I agree to completely and totally. You know, but oh, okay. So I, I talked about the small business now, Joey. I want to ask you a question. We met nine years ago, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, roughly, yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. We met face to face or fist to forehead, depending on how you look at it. <laughs> My question How much was a pack of smokes back then? Uh, for Pittsburgh? About. Uh, for what I was smoking at the time, about uh, five bucks. Okay. What about now? In Pittsburgh? Pay? In Pittsburgh, yeah. uh, it was as of when I left Pittsburgh, which was uh, April, my final departure. Of Pittsburgh was April. Doesn't matter. Say, Go on numbers. Fifteenth or something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably about eight nine dollars. Okay, so almost a one hundred percent increase in price. Well, a 250% increase in the taxes. Okay. However, it didn't stop you, did it? No, I just started rolling my own. Well, in any... You do that with bullets, too, by the way. Well, but but to my point, restricting the ammunition... Okay, look, Walmart wants to get some good optics, good PR, whatever, fine. Who cares? I really don't. But if people want that kind of ammunition, they'll get it. Well, this this is a speed bump to them. Th- this is an argument that I've made before, and it's not it's not an end all be all argument, but it still 
something mm-hmm. to be considered is that even even and remember this is just Walmart doing this in house. This is not like some kind of law or something that's being passed. This is just Walmart doing of its own volition. Right. Yeah, it's just like Walmart saying, "Look, uh, even we no longer allow you to bring your, your guns into our store either." Even if you made like all handguns and all handgun caliber ammunition illegal for the average citizen. Yes, there is still the factor that criminals who want these things will get them the same way they do a lot of things by breaking the law. But mm-hmm. it, again, that is a facet, but it's not the whole picture. No. And it's not the end all be all solution. So I'm sorry for all my fellow gun owners out there who cranking a batch in their shorts when I say it, but that's not good enough. No, but I mean, it's a, it's a start. And the problem that I have with open carry is you don't know who is a good guy with the gun versus a bad guy with the gun until they start shooting. Well, and how many times have I said, you know, the, I, I wish I could find the picture. Because the the ones I went looking for the last time I talked about this, uh, I couldn't find it. But and I go ahead. Sorry, there was a picture of a guy who, okay, he looked like me with a a few more bags of Cheetos in his gut. Um, but strapped to his back, he he was sort of bent over to pick something up. And strapped to his back was an AR-15, or something that resembled an AR-15. Right, and. All I could think of was, you know, and it was some kind of celebration of open carry, mm-hmm. which, you know, whatever. My my only thought at that point was some guy completely tweaked out of his mind, rolls in there with a, with a revolver ready to do some damage. This guy is not strapped as he is. He's going to be too busy pissing himself to actually have enough cognizant thought to whip out that gun and draw down on that little shit. Yeah. And and this is, this is my biggest problem is that you, you get the gun, you know, people who get that, get the gun. It's, you know, I'm a man, I'm macho, I'm tough. Look at me. I'm invincible. And they've never been in a firefight. Yeah, precisely. Hell police. Oh, all right. Before we get on whether or not police officers are good or bad, Police officers are supposed to be trained to be prepared to be ready for, hey, look, somebody just pulled a gun and they're firing. What do you do? Right? Okay. Uh, Those are police officers. And there are many police officers who carry a pistol or carry a taser and a pistol or just a taser, whatever. They get in and a firefight breaks out and they freeze because they're, they're you know, it's their first time in the middle of a firefight and it, it it's shocking big bad well, bobby c i want to ask too if you remember arizona oh, is an open carry state right yeah and do you remember that incident a couple of years ago i don't remember if it was a waffle house or what it was but it, there were some you know a couple a man and a woman that came in that were openly carrying and there were some you know policemen that were in there eating and the people that were open carrying carrying just started shooting at the cops, killed them. I mean, there's no way to tell until they start shooting if they're a quote-unquote good guy with a gun or a bad guy with a gun. So I'd rather them be concealed. And then if they pop it out, you know their intentions are no good. Here's the problem, too. 
the as the expression goes, the operative word that tech used was supposed to, mm-hmm. because I can quote you chapter and verse, even even though the stuff is actually going through my going through my brain right about now. Which, by the way, not not bad stuff. By the way, uh, yeah, champagne. Uh, it's yeah. it's it's red wine base, I think. But be the mm-hmm. debate. Let's go back to Florida. Let's go back to a very visible school shooting in Florida, where the on-site police officer. Um, well, it depends as to which part of the defense you ask and get an answer to. Either he froze or he changed his understanding of the wording from you must go in to an active shooting situation and protect the kids to you may at your discretion go into a active shooting area in order to save kids. So even the ones who were supposed to be trained in these things, again, as was said, we're not going to get into the are cops good or bad. We're going to at the, at, for the moment, we're going to go with cops when all is said and done are human and they are going to make mistakes on the good side and on the bad side. And the problem of it is it doesn't matter if you're paid as a civil servant, as paramilitary or not. It comes down to what are you trained to do? And if there's one thing that we know about these damnation preppers and those that have some kind of a, 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 an axe to grind with somebody real or perceived, they will go ahead and train themselves one way or another so that when the time comes, they're just going to go ahead and do their thing. Yeah. And, and that was one of the, the arguments. Uh, that was one of the arguments about uh, gun control. I think Joe Biden was talking about this. Uh, who was saying, you know, what is your insistence on keeping these guns? You you say you're going to be a well-armed militia against the government? Do you honestly think that you are going to go against tanks, bombs, planes? Drones. But, but, the preppers, the mountain men, the hillbillies, the guys who know the land better than any ground-tracking radar could, yeah, I'd say they'd give the army a run for their money. Not for long, though. Go ahead. Let me. Uh, I don't know about that. I just want to point one thing out. Um, And this this comes courtesy of a YouTuber whom I've been following for uh, for a while now, fellow over in uh, the UK by the name of Lindy Beige. Mm -hmm. Fabulous YouTuber. Excellent. Um, He does research, uh, namely on warfare, mostly more ancient and medieval style warfare, but also modern. And one topic that he had devoted an entire video to was the idea of shooting to kill. How many soldiers 
not not civilians, not your average gun owner, but soldiers, people who are supposedly trained for years, as I was, to shoot center mass, you shoot to kill. Mm-hmm. And you know what? From the research that he was able to do, I'm not going to watch the entire video right now to be able to quote him directly, but if I remember, it was something like 75 to 80% of soldiers when given the when uh, given the question did you shoot to kill a lot of them are just say no uh, aimed high or aimed somewhere else. Even with a guy who's shooting at them they're still not willing to shoot to kill. So the whole idea of an untrained individual who uh, is just buying a gun saying, well, you know, I'm just waiting for that guy to show up from the post office so that, you know, if he goes crazy, I'm just going to be there and I'm going to show him what's what and I'll be the hero of the day. Yeah, right. Therein lies the problem right there, isn't it? Haven't we talked Uh, about this part before? (laughs) People wanting to be the star of their own goddamn uh, who uh, shit? Who the hell was it? They, they uh, want to be the hero of their own story. Yeah, who? Yeah. Uh, a Kevin Seagal movie. That's what. I'm looking for. Speaking, speaking as a guy who had a gun pulled on him. Yeah. By the way, have you stopped pissing from that yet? I mean, I know it's been a while. <laughs> speaking as a guy That's from had a gun pulled on him. Um, I froze. You know, mm-hmm. I always mm-hmm. thought, hey, if somebody ever pulls a gun on me, I'm going to bat their hand away and kick the shit out of them. Nope. I, well, first off, to be fair, to be fair, to be fair, I do have martial arts training. And yes, I can kick the shit out of people, which surprises a lot of people, uh, especially since my demeanor in, in the general public is that of a lovable idiot. Did you um, learn all that because you were like a, a tuba player? Or, no, I learned it because I was picked on a lot. That's, and, that's a good reason. And uh, I I really only used it when people picked on my friends, because that actually bothered me. Yeah, fair. Um, but <laughs> when I had a gun pulled on me, I forgot all my training. I just stood there like an idiot. No, now, no. Hopefully. You, you survived. Yes. Thank I you. I did survive. I did survive, and I was in a state of not shock, but disbelief. I couldn't believe somebody was robbing a gas station. The the, the place that I worked at, and I already went into this in one of our previous videos, so you can go back and, and watch that again. But I'm hoping that because of that experience, if it should happen again, I'll have a different reaction of, there is a gun. It is pointed at me. Do not move do exactly what they say and everything else rather than this is a joke right because yeah. that mentality could get me killed whereas well, i will do everything they're telling me to do because they're pointing a loaded weapon at me at least it's loaded until i can prove otherwise and i'm not going to try to prove it yeah i've, I've gone back i've done this one before but um there was a one of john wayne's last movies the shootist it was a story about a gunfighter of legend and a younger, a younger person who wanted to follow in his footsteps. The young person was played by Ron Howard. So pretty interesting. Uh, but there was one scene where they're talking. And 
John Wayne's character let his supposed protege in on a little secret. When it comes to, and I'm paraphrasing because I haven't seen the movie in like 20 years, but when it comes to using a gun, son, it ain't about being fast or even accurate. It's being willing. If I, if I may, just real quick. Of course. Of yeah, course. because because after you, the, I want to hit what uh, Stephanie put. For these individuals who think that they are going to be the hero of the day, there are two statistics that I wanted to point out. One comes from uh, the fellow that I mentioned earlier, Lindy Beige, who did the research and found that about 75% of Victoria Cross recipients were proven to be responsible older brother figures who were thrust into the position of, I have to look after my younger siblings. The second is for the American Medal of Honor. To date, according to the Congressional Medal of Honor Society, there have been 3,507 recipients of the Medal of Honor. 71 were alive to receive it. Um, Heroes. Sorry. Uh, I was just going to ask, what are the um, what's the criteria for the Congressional Medal of Honor? I've always been curious. Pretty damn high. <laughs> okay. Um, the the actual wording of it is some inspirational stuff. Uh, I'll, I'll look it up, and if we get the chance, I'll go ahead and uh, okay, yeah, go into that. But my point being, seventy one people received it and were alive to receive it. Out of three thousand five hundred and some, yeah. Yeah. but doesn't that go back to heroes don't survive? Yeah, and the other thing too, a lot of people they 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 have that gun in their hand and they feel that power, you know the the intrinsic the psychological boost of you know you know now I'm playing with power kind of a thing. I don't care how good you are with Call of Duty. <laughs> with your with your Bioshock, with your you know modern warfare and your battlefield, the truth of the matter is your your KDR isn't worth shit. Very few of us get to uh, walk around with a number and then slash and one and still live to talk about it. Uh, begging the colonel's pardon, but uh, KDR? Kill. Kill death ratio. Okay. I play a lot of first-person shooters. Okay. People brag about, hey, look, you know, I killed 40 people and I only died twice. It's like, well, in real life, uh, nobody usually, most people don't pass the first death. Yeah. 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 No. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say. Now, there's a few. A few exceptions. And we happen to have one on the show here tonight. There are a few there are a few of us that are just too damn stubborn to die. Multiple yeah. times. It's yeah. true. Of all things. Now but he makes a great point is that, you know it, it, it's easier to teach somebody to sit in a like one of those little hunter spots, uh, one of those portable hunter thingies you put up in the tree. I don't go hunting. <laughs> um, deer nest. The deer nest. That's it. Thank you so much. It's easier for to teach somebody how to sit in a deer nest, sit around, wait for something to come by that you want to kill, aim for the shot, pull the trigger. 
Okay, rather than oh look, I'm in the middle of combat here. Things are going off. This is an environment that I have no control over. Uh, I did not come here, you know, ready, knowing that I'm going to be pulling the trigger. Uh, let alone the damn deer shooting back at me. You know, that that's not a real life situation. That's why it's easier to have these people who are batshit crazy take guns and go in and create a mass shooting or pick people off like the snipe. We had the sniper out of the back of that trunk of that car uh, so many years past um, versus the heroes in the crowds being able to go, oh, I heard a shot. It came from that direction. Oh, there's another one. I can triangulate on that and shoot them back. You know, it's like, dude, that's all in your head. You're not you're you're not that good. Yeah. Uh, two items. Uh, Felis, a blind. Uh, yeah, you you could you yeah. could call it that. That's that's, that's you're blind, you. duck blind. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know it's what you're talking about. Things. Okay, now, yeah. um, Bridget, uh, I I, I kind of want to pull you in on this one because of uh, what was uh, what was said uh, from Stephanie. The army can train you to shoot instinctually, but guess why so many have got PTSD? I mean, let's face it, anyone Shell that's quick. Well, that's back in World War II. That's what it was called. Mm-hmm. We didn't call it PTSD, which, yeah. which, okay. We've, you, we, we have clinicalized <laughs> the damn wording to like take all the feeling out of it. Um, yes and no. Uh, Bridget, help me out a second. PTSD, uh, the term actually means post traumatic stress disorder. The reason why it's it was called shell shock in after World War II. And I, I don't think it was really quite as much after World War One, was because that was kind of it. It was it, really bad war, and you had to kill lots of people. And if if, if I can actually everywhere going off, and if I can contribute a little bit to yeah. to that, the Blitzkrieg of oh, London. Jesus, no. Let's check this out. No, no, no. I'm, 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 Jesus I'm, 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 was on a blitzkrieg. No, no. shit. Uh, <laughs> I. F- all right. Uh, full disclosure. A second. I knew someone who was alive during World War II, living in London, and and the surrounding areas, when the V two bombs were a thing, and mm-hmm. I did hear some some of what happened and um how long was it afterwards 30 almost 30 years later and she still had memory of stuff and the walls to this day in london and surrounding still hold the 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 crevices the Mm -hmm. the 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 impacts from v2 yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, with that out of the way, go right ahead. All right. We've all watched cartoons in our days. Every time someone falls, you hear the whistle. You know the... Mm-hmm. The Germans put little whirly gigs on their bombs. My mom, my mom's family had friends in England. And I think they were there during the Blitz. They survived. Here's what they told us, or what, they, what my mom told me about it. You heard the whistle. 
dropped from such a height, a bomb is something you can't see. I mean, they're not really that big when you think about it. Mm-hmm. So you hear the whistle. Then it stops. And for a couple of seconds, you hold your breath, wondering where it hit. Mm-hmm. Um, I, constantly I, being exposed to that and not knowing if you were going to die at that moment. And this is one of the reasons why the term shell shock came out is because now whenever, time, whenever you hear that whistle, you're looking around wondering <coughs> what it stops. Where is it going to hit? Mm-hmm. Where's the kaboom? Well, there was supposed to be a see, you, okay, kaboom. okay. With 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 that black Huber aside for a second, the way it was explained to me on on the uh, on on the English uh, on the English side was that the engines for the V two were very weird in that mm-hmm. they had a very distinctive sound of their own for that, that power yeah. generation. Mm, not the V2. The V1. V1, okay. The V1, the, the V1 was powered by a uh, pulse jet engine. Okay. The V2 was a rocket. Okay. What, by, the, by the time the V2 was coming in, and part of why the V2 was so terrifying was that by the time it was actually coming in for strike, uh, it, capabilities. Engines, engines were off because it had already burnt through its fuel. Okay. You couldn't hear it. Okay. All you heard was... Whereas the uh, the Wurble bombs, uh, the V ones, uh, they had a howl to them. Yeah, and that's what um, that's what she imparted to me, is that they had this very distinctive sound as they were coming, and you could hear them coming the same way. Okay, the same way that you would hear a helicopter from far off. And you wouldn't notice it at first, but there would be a certain level where you would you would suddenly hear it, and it would be relatively close. But mm-hmm. you would be wanting to hear that engine just continue to go past. Mm-hmm. Because when it stopped is when it started to dip down. And if you could hear that engine and then no longer hear the engine you were somewhere it could hit yeah and there was no way of knowing like we said and the kaboom for for posterity yeah. i have linked i have linked a live video Sorry. Uh, well not live video recorded video of a live pulse jet from a v1 being tested Okay, I'll, I'll I'll see about having that uh, having that in the notes. Uh, also linked out the description of the award, right? Yes. Uh, well, specifically, uh, and this appears in the opening text for every citation since 1963. Uh, the, the Medal of Honor was standardized among all services, requiring that the recipient had quote distinguished himself conspicuously by gallantry and intrepidity at the risk of his own life above and beyond the call of duty. Now, that's since 1963. Obviously, it doesn't cover the ones that came before. And I have one excellent example of a citation from World War II. Uh, it would take me a moment to read, but uh, that's up to you, Shu. 
Uh, who was it? And um, when when were they uh, in battle? And we can link that. A fellow by the name of Captain Benjamin L. Solomon, uh, serving in uh, serving at Saipan in the Marianas on July seventh, nineteen forty four. I'm guessing he basically got himself uh, really, really hurt, but well, persevered. Well, um. He was a surgeon. Specifically, he was a dentist, but he was being—he was serving as a surgeon. And let's see, uh, he was uh, at a first aid station when Japanese soldiers who were overrunning the lines started walking into the tents and bayoneting the wounded soldiers. He uh, started defending the position, and while everyone was falling back, he uh, he secured a machine gun and held the line while everyone else was holding back was falling back. But before uh, reinforcements had retaken the position, his body had been found with ninety eight dead enemy soldiers in, piled in front of his position, <whistles> having suffered from multiple uh, shots. Well, he he himself had suffered from multiple mortal injuries as a result, and he didn't even get recognized for the Medal of Honor until uh, May 2002. Wow. Because he was a surgeon. He was medical personnel. Mm. And according to the rules of war, he should not have been engaging, but in that situation, what else could he do? They engaged first. I mean, let's face it. Um, what was his name again? Uh, Benjamin L. Solomon. Solomon. Uh, uh, for, forgive nope. me. Uh, that does not sound like a Spartan name. You know what? He, uh, his family probably changed it when they moved. That could when be. When they immigrated. <laughs> that could be. Uh, I, I mean, uh, forgive me, you know, sometimes black humor is all we got, but I mean, wow, just yeah. God damn. A, okay. proud, a proud son of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Okay. Stephanie was also, uh, uh, was also an, uh, adding to this and, and, and this is why I want to kind of bring it into this Bridget, believe it or not, there is actually a reason why I'm allowing this, this whole rabbit this whole rabbit trail to go down believe me we're we're gonna we're gonna pull the whole damn thing back in in just a couple of moments because we don't we've got about a half an hour um stephanie had also asked uh sorry added um okay that that part i hadn't i hadn't read already um they started doing the research during the american civil war they checked the rifles after a battle and were shocked by how many had never been fired with the American Civil War, it was quite literally family against family. Mm -hmm. And that's something that folks did not want to do. Right. But they kind of were forced to in a lot of ways. Um, similar, similarly, not nearly the same thing, but similarly, there was the unofficial... Uh, the unofficial Christmas peace 
in the front lines in France 1914. They didn't want to fight each other, but eventually they kind of had to because they were told that they had to. For anybody that doesn't know about that one, um, uh, Paul McCartney, The Pipes of Peace, uh, watch the video. It's not nearly quite right, but you kind of get some kind of a feel for the whole damn thing. Somebody, somebody, uh, type in in our chat so that I don't, I don't, I don't forget about that one. The 1914, uh, was it 14, 17, whatever, uh, World War One Christmas piece. Um, but the the important piece that I'm kind of going for here is, uh, Bridget, what was once called shell shock which was a very simple phrase to use, conveyed a lot of information in and of itself. Why, medically speaking, why would the term from, from World War II, from the 40s, shell shock, be changed later at, at whatever point, I, I don't even know how many years later, would be changed to the term post-traumatic stress disorder? Um, if I had to guess, it would be because you can suffer that from things outside of war. Uh, any traumatic experience where, yeah, you have been in danger of losing your life. Lots of other people have lost their lives. Or if you've had to take someone else's life, um, it can cause post-traumatic stress disorder. So it can yep. being in abusive situations and other things that are not related to war. If I can get into some etymology real quick. Go ahead. The, the specific term of shell shock came into common usage because before World War I, there wasn't a lot of research done into the effects of war on the human psyche. Um, with World War I being the largest war that had taken place up to that point, uh, they also saw a large uh, influx of mechanized weapons, uh, large-scale artillery bombardment. Chemical the idea weapons. of Yeah, but the idea of shell shock arose from the belief that the people that were suffering from this, it was specifically because of the constant concussive blasts of these massive artillery bombardments taking place. And it wasn't until much later that somebody finally decided to take a much closer look at it and realize no, that's not the case. It's not just, you know, some kind of physical manifestation of this. It is all combat that is capable of doing this. Okay. So to or that... And all traumatic uh, experiences. Okay. So to that end, uh, again, Bridget, uh, and forgive me for going into a fictionalized universe for a second, but are you at least fairly well-versed in the TV series MASH? Yes. We had seen several instances where, even though fictionalized, it would be, uh, for me, someone who is not medically trained, would very easily be able to say, uh, Hawkeye Pierce had a reaction to a wet burlap sack smell from someone that ended up in a marsh that brought back memories that he had repressed heavily that he could have ended up dead from and had to grudgingly 
agree that, yes, you saved my life, even though you put it in mortal danger, you son of a bitch. Even though fictionalized, I think it's fair to say that would qualify under the PTSD. No? Mm -hmm. Uh, It would. Um, The thing about PTSD triggers, it can be, you know, a smell, something that you see, something that causes you to remember and you end up reliving that experience. And again, even though fictionalized, it it would have the the kind of the kind of impact on people. Uh, the mm-hmm. the final uh, the final episode where the uh, they were trying to hide from the the North Vietnamese. And they had to quiet down what he had repressed it to be a chicken. Yeah. And it turned out it was an infant that couldn't be kept quiet. And the mother suffocated the baby in order to save everybody else. Hmm. That has to qualify as, as one of those moments where, forgive me for wording it this way, how the hell do you get past something like that? Would that not qualify? It, I know you're not a psychology major in in the whole damn thing, but I have to imagine, for lack of a better way of putting it, shit like that's going to fuck you up something serious. Yeah, I mean, it would. It would most people. And Joe, you were you were active on the lines. You you and I both know that if it were a matter of just looking at the numbers, the numbers say, yeah, that's what you got to do in order to survive. As tough as that's got to be, that's what you got to do to survive. And that's your biggest, the, the biggest thing you have to do. But how the hell do you, how the hell would anybody be able to get past that? Lots of therapy. If we if we knew the answer to that, we wouldn't have the problems that we do. We don't yeah. have the answer to that. Good. Thank you. Now, here's the reason why I wanted to allow us to go down this bunny trail. I mean, if I may, yeah. uh, some there have been many uh, suggestions made, many different people who have talked the topic, and the only conclusive thing that we've found is that in many of these cases, not all of them, but in many of them, you have to be a special kind of crazy. I'm glad you put it that way because uh, I want to throw this one out there. And like I said, here's the reason why I was allowing all of this to play out the way that it went. And I, I, I really tried hard not to steer it this time out, believe it or not. There are people who will go down whatever personal hell that they've got, whether it's mental defect, for lack of a better way of putting it, whether it's um, perceived emotional distress, self-imposed, i.e. incels, etc., if there are people who believe the whole Alex Jones level of conspiracy theory, 
there are these people who believe in their heart of hearts bad things are happening. Really bad things are happening. And I need to protect. And that's where the problem starts right there. Because now the question becomes protect what? Or whom? Yes, I said it right. Whom? With an M. Mm -hmm. Shut up. Yes, I didn't take English in, in college worth a damn, but shut up. I know the difference. And they get it in their head that they are the only ones that can do the protection part. The only ones. They are specifically and exactly situated for whatever reason. These are, in my opinion, in my opinion, the most dangerous ones. Because they are the true believers. And they are the ones who will do what it takes, little by little, amassing whatever arsenal they can, while at the same time trading in their own heads. I don't know how many people remember the psychology experiments where basketball team was told, do layups. Another team was told, uh, another part of the team was told, don't do layups. Uh, sorry, free throws. Don't do the free throws for the next week, month, whatever it was. And another third were told to just imagine it and think about it. And the ones who went ahead and just thought about it and imagined it and practiced it in their own imagination were on par with the ones that actually physically practiced. You don't have to go out to uh, a, a paintball range to practice going around corners. All you need to do is just think about it really hard and have a good enough imagination. And we don't regulate people's thoughts. And that's a good thing. And that's a good thing. I want I want to make sure that I put that out there because I suddenly realized, oh shit, that's precipice side. I really don't want to go down. <laughs> something something I wanted to point out is that you look at these situations, it, look at any uh Medal of Honor or Victoria Cross citation. And the citation itself is not just that, you know, you know, above and beyond the call of duty, all that. The, the full citation goes over why the person is receiving this award. And in every single one, it is somebody who has found themselves in a situation they were completely unprepared for. Something where they had some, they were presented with a task that needed to be done. And they had nothing more than the tools that were immediately at their disposal in order to do it. These were not people who were sitting in their basement gathering munitions and uh, artillery and hardware over the course of decades in preparation for this thing. These were people who rose to the occasion at the moment with what they had available. What's the expression? 
great people do not seek out greatness. They have greatness thrust upon them. It's a not great analogy because of the specifics of situations, but it's pretty much what ends up happening. Now, the reason why I wanted to go through all of this and talk through the way I had been looking at this and thinking about this and laying this out is that, as we said, Walmart is going to drop from being um, 20, 25% of ammunition sales in what they're going to, you know, in, in what they're doing now to being eh, under 10%. It's a big hit in revenue. We know that. But they're doing it for, admittedly, what seems to be more a PR reason than a it's the right thing to do reason. They are going ahead and saying, you know, you, you guys need to really do something about this. But still, the whole damn thing starts because they got hurt. Their people got hurt. And bottom line, if people got hurt on their watch and they didn't do something about it, there is a really good argument in my head for, let's face it, negligence, criminal negligence. And even if they, you know, if you allowed people to come in with these guns and you didn't vet them, well, um, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not a lawyer. I don't pretend to be one. Don't take, don't take medical or legal advice from, from podcasts. But <laughs> I really have to wonder how many more groups have to be hurt before something happens? How many individuals, how many companies, how many lawmakers? You know, is this the kind of thing where it's going to take what the founding fathers used to do, which was if somebody was a real tool, they would go and rip apart their houses that they lived in as opposed to what? Shoo, that's great. That's that's real smart. <laughs> idiot sometimes um seriously that that's the question that comes into my head with this whole damn thing what is it really gonna take who has to be hurt who more has to be hurt because obviously like i said sandy hook children kids kids are not gonna do it and <laughs> but i can't in but my- I can't say anything. Uh, I can't say anything against gun ownership. I'm going to lose my my constituents. I got to go ahead and keep keep my constituents happy and appease them so that we can go ahead and get their vote. But here's the thing that I want to point out: appeasement doesn't work. And mm-hmm. here's and if you don't believe me, I I give you. Uh, Sorry, Godwin, but I'm going to give you a great example of a little Austrian corporal that uh, we uh, had to deal with not once but twice. And uh, yeah, second time around, how'd he get, how'd he manage to uh, do all the things that he did? Well, uh, 
he snuck around and gathered up his forces where when he had to sneak and for everything else he just blatantly disregarded uh everything else that was all the other limitations put on him because appeasement yeah well, I, I think it's going to take uh you know someone shooting at the a quote unquote important group of people which I guess they would define as, you know, several sitting members of Congress, not just one or two, but several. Uh, or maybe, you know, something happened to their kids or something happened to a bunch of wealthy, you know, for lack of a better word, you know, white men. Um, you know, it's going to take something like that, something drastic, because uh, obviously shooting up a daycare is not going to be enough to stop it or to get them to do anything. Well, I mean, think about this. Years ago, somebody shot at the White House. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nothing was done. Except now I think you can't come within so many blocks of the White House or something like that. Like you can't, uh, I guess you can't take pictures like you used to or something. I don't know. Yeah. I, you know I, but, but I mean, if somebody succeeded in killing Trump's kids, then something would probably be done. Let me let me let me drop you back a second. Let me drop you back to the early eighties. The first the the only time that I can think of where significant and I use the term loosely change happened in gun laws was when Ronald Reagan was shot and it wasn't Reagan himself, the president at the time, being it shot. Baker. It was his. What was shit? What was his? Uh, what was his? I don't his, remember uh, what his uh, his position I don't remember was. What his title was, but it was. Uh, it, it was not the president getting shot. It was one of his aides. Mm-hmm. Although I, I forgot what the hell his his title was at the time. And what was the change that happened? They pushed to have a delay in getting a gun. That's it. And you see, the the other slippery slope about this, at least when you're talking about rights, because I've heard this argument used about, well... Oh, we know. Well, you you have to take a course to learn to drive a car. Mm Mm-hmm. However, I don't believe there's a constitutional amendment right now that's saying that operating a motor vehicle is a quote-unquote God-given right of an American citizen. And not just that. You can still be trained to drive a car and use it as a weapon. But, but, But the point, Tech, what I'm getting at is... In a lot of other countries where people have firearms, I, I think it was uh, Sweden, where you do your military, you do your military service two years after graduation, and you get to keep the gun afterwards. Yeah, but most Swedish people, they did a survey. Most of the Swedish people give their guns back. That that had been uh, something that was rolling around in my head. Has mandatory service. Here's the difference: uh, Switzerland. Mm-hmm. Is maybe the size of one state. Uh, yeah. But what uh, and it's completely landlocked, and all the access points 
I mean, it's very easy to patrol the border of Switzerland because guess what? There's not that much to it. And if if memory if memory serves, don't they have a way of just dropping mountains on people that want to try to invade too? (laughs) But also, look at the population. The population of Switzerland. What is it? Uh, I don't know. Look, it's real simple. Switzerland doesn't have the gun culture that we have, and they don't have the lobbyists that we have. Bingo. Back in 1996, a law was passed. Uh, it was named after the representative from Arkansas, the Republican who had it passed named, uh, or I don't know, did he write it or whatever? Hope we've got it. It's called the Dickey Amendment. And it says specifically that none of the funds made available for um, injury prevention and control at the, cent- uh, at the CDC are allowed to be used to advocate or promote gun control. Or so even study it. Yep. That means that the $25 million that that, or, or well, $50 million, but half of it's to the CDC and the others being donate, uh, being appropriated to the NIH, uh, that the House Appropriations Committee passed the spending bill for this to study the impact of gun violence in America. For, that for, $25 million going to CDC, they won't be able to use it. For anyone that wants to use Switch, and you know what? I'm guilty of having done this before myself on this show a long, long time ago. But after looking at it, here's something I've got to bring up. For anybody that wants to use Switzerland and its gun control and gun culture as an example of how the U.S. should be, uh, keep in mind a couple of things. One, Switzerland is a rather small country compared to the U.S. They have better jail systems than you these can, two. You, you can patrol it and control what's getting into the country far easier. Number two, the population of Switzerland is just over 8 million people. We have nearly at this point about 400 or well, no, uh, about 330 million people in the U S thought it was 350 potato. Switzerland has universal health or has, has a conscription requirement meaning that you serve in the military and guess what you're taught to use a rifle to respect a rifle and if there's any issues that you have uh from a uh medical or mental standpoint they typically tend to catch those on pretty quickly and fourth and finally they have universal health care so if somebody does have a mental health issue that might be uh i don't know a possible problem for somebody owning guns, they can get on that far easier than we can. And it's not just that. Look at their uh, prison system. Their prison system actually helps to reform and better people who go in, uh, even repeat offenders. In short, the, the simple thing I'm trying to get out is the Switzerland model does not work for the United States. Right. Now, everybody stop at this point because we completely... Trampled right over Dallin, and I, I really hope that you didn't like lose track of what you're trying to say. No, um, I, I wasn't trying to promote the model actually, but what I was trying to get at was, as I said, you can't use the in in the U.S. You can't use the excuse of, or you can't use the argument of, well, you have to take a course to learn to drive a car, because the fact that it is your right to own a firearm 
in whatever interpretation of the Second Amendment you want to go with, that's reason that that's enough. And I've talked to people about this. They they said like I've said just because it's your right doesn't mean you should go out and buy one. They went well, yeah, because that's all you need. This is back when I was getting educated on you know how you crazy Americans think. And I think that's one of the biggest barriers to proper training. Mm-hmm. Like up here, if if I want a firearm, there's two things I have to get. I have to get, uh, I think it's called an FAC, um, which I've actually looked into more, more for personal development. I, like I've got no, I have no desire to own a, own a, uh, own a weapon. But the, the knowledge that if I had to carry one, that I would at least know how to use it, that's a big thing. Mm-hmm. And what I was getting with the Switzerland thing about the, the military service is that you get to respect the firearm. You understand what it's capable of doing and, and, and what will happen to the thing you are pointing at when you pull that trigger. And you, you have a sense of that and, and beyond. And I think, I, I think that um, the knowledge of that consequence is sorely missing in the, in the American gun culture. And, but the trouble is the second you try to um, push for education on that, brah, they're coming to take our guns. Um, I'm glad you did that, not me, because you're going to have to clean that audio up. Man, I have no idea what this is going to sound like. Hey, you know what? I cleaned up last week's, too. Um, the, anyways, just out of morbid curiosity, I did go to the NRA website because I wanted to check something. Oh, yeah. They're losing their freaking minds about this whole no, thing. No, 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 no. No, they are. They are. No, uh, they, they are. And I, I've got no love for, for Wayne LaPierre. Oh yeah, and uh, Fox News was really, really adamant about pointing out that the Texas shooter got his gun from a private sale. It's important to know that he got it from a private sale. Uh, look, that there's a uh, tapestry. Just... Uh, no, there's a tapestry of nuance and gray areas in all of that. I get it, and it is. It's something. It's a tough thing to unravel. However. One thing I did notice on the NRA website, and if you were to come in without ever knowing what the NRA was, since you lived on a desert island since, I don't know, 1912, um, <laughs> one of the things that they, they do claim to promote is, you know, training, education, res- you know, quote unquote, responsible gun use. <clears throat> I would look if you can't shut them down, call them to task. You know, honestly, the, you want the NRA to have good optics? Drop the stigma of Charlton Heston with that freaking musket above his head saying, From my cold, dead bat. You know, Malone get rid Labe. of that. The only ancient Greek of- I actually know, Malone Labe. Yeah, but anyways, get rid of that. Promote and conduct yourself as an education advocate. And people, maybe not this generation because, you know, grudges and all that stuff. 
you might turn it around. I don't think you're ever, it's going to take a quantum event or something of, of an absolute drastic scale to change the gun culture in the United States. Not quantum. Well, don't, don't, don't say quantum. Stick this in your quantum. No, no, no. Quantum, <laughs> quantum is a very, very, very tiny step. We, we need, we need, we need, we need a paradigm shift. Yes. And I, and I've said that before. Yep. What we've got, what, what you've got is you've got a culture that glorifies the hero that glorifies the gun toting. The it, basically you glorify the good guy with the gun motif. And it, it's a nice fantasy. I'll give you that. But in reality, um, no, I think I've only heard of two instances in recent years where the so-called good guy with the gun actually did something. And I mean, we've had, uh, hell, we had Bobby, we had Bobby Carey on here a while back and we were talking about, you know, state troopers and what happens when the, when the gun clears the holster mm -hmm. and what, what the expectation is. Um, you know, that, that, I just wish there was a way that, you know, when someone goes into when they eventually go into Bob's burgers and bullets, because Walmart doesn't do it anymore. When they walk in, they're looking for that, that Glock or that, that Magnum, or I can't remember the name of the gun that was used in RoboCop. Apparently it's a real gun, a single shot, but yeah, <laughs> you want an 88 uh, I Magnum. I think Joe knows the answer. He put his finger up. Do you know the answer? Uh, the Auto 9? Yes, that's what it was. The Auto 9 hand yeah. cannon. Is actually, now, as it is displayed in the film, obviously it is mm -hmm. a heavily modified one, but the actual firearm that it is, that was based around, was the Beretta 93R. Really? Huh. Yes. That's interesting. Which is a version of the Beretta that has, what is... It effectively turns it from a handgun to something of a, well, we call them automatic pistols. It's not quite a submachine gun, but very close to it. I mean, it's a standard handgun. You know what? Here, uh, let me grab an image for you here. Anyways. Um, ah, perfect. Copy image. Just a big question. You know, the thing people should think about when they walk into a gun shop is, is am I going to use this? I'm Do I know sure. what's going to happen when I use it? I'm not sure how I pop this up so that everybody can see your screen. Should I just screen share? We can always yeah. put it in the notes. Yeah. Okay. Well, right there, that image is of the pistol that it was used in Robocop and the pistol that it was based on, the, uh, the Beretta 93R. Interesting. As you can see... It's got a compensator on it, an integrated compensator in the barrel. It's got a folding, what is effectively a front stock, <laughs> and an extended uh, magazine. The specific, the the benefit of this pistol versus others, and remember, this was designed for military use, is that this is a firearm that has effectively the same uh, firing selection as 
the M16 in that you can fire it single shot and you can fire it three round burst. Jesus. Yeah, but anyways, to my point, it would be nice if you could add some kind of uh, mandatory education onto the acquisition of a firearm, like in other countries. However, because it's written in your constitution, a lot of people, and unfortunately, a lot of people in high positions of political power will say, we're not going to do that because my constitution. And so, yeah, the, the right to bear arms and all that stuff. You know what? Like I said, I don't have a problem with that. Well, what I have, well, no, what I have a problem with are these people that, you know, um, to the ranting Griffin said it best. Americans are like a baby with a rocket launcher and a crack habit. Mm-hmm. In other words, they get the toy, they want to pull the trigger because they they want to probably have some form of ejaculation other than into their hand. <laughs> <laughs> you know? No, I, I, I mean it, it's I, I look. I've I've handled firearms. I have shot on range. I have I have mm-hmm. shot long rifles. Um, I'm interested in shooting a pistol in a target range, more out of curiosity. Um, the chance to fire a machine gun. Wow, that's old fashioned. But, you know, I'm just saying this is bucket list for me. And I, I would have no problem going out to a range and trying this. I'd love and, to. And if I still had my collection, I'd be glad to let you do just that. Well, but you see, but before I, I could. Most of mine. Yeah, but Joe, before I could even consider doing that, there are legal things I have to go through as a Canadian citizen yeah. before I could even consider that. And trust me, we got some stringent crap going on here. For instance, um, a handgun. If I was to own a handgun, last I checked, I would have to keep it locked in a box with a trigger guard. The ammunition would have to be stored separately. And if I wanted to go to the range with it, Actually, that's about the only time I could take it out is when I was at the range. Yeah. And while you've been to the U.S. a couple of times, you've been, you've mm-hmm. been around to see us. Um, while I could have taken you to a range while you were visiting, I don't know exactly what rules and regulations apply, being that you are a foreign national. No offense. No, it's true. Uh, I, I, I am, that, though. That's the thing. I don't know if that would actually... I do not know from personal experience if that would actually be something that would get in the way of, say, you being a guest on a range. Well, I firearms. And and that's why I would want to make sure I had like my FAC and everything else so that I could show at the very least that, okay, look, I'm legal to shoot in Canada, you know, and I don't get this with a criminal record. I don't, you know, if I, if I get arrested, this is gone. I believe that's how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, Bottom line, uh, acquiring a firearm up here is a little bit more complicated. Mm-hmm. Uh, you go to Walmart or Canadian Tire. Yes, they sell them there. Um, or you go to Bass Pro or what's the other big one? Well, in any case, you go to any of these long rifles and shotguns. 
The only place you get the aesthetically cool looking stuff is the airsoft dealer close to where I work. Mm-hmm. And they ain't cheap. Yeah. I had my eye on this Skerog soft airsoft. Uh, more for a costume piece for one of my characters. I wish I'd picked it up, but when I saw it and I held it in my hand, I'm like, I can't justify this. Because I, I you know, I guess I could set up a target in my in my my house here and probably freak the hell out of the neighbors. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. Just one thing I want to mention mm-hmm. real quick is you, you had brought up, yes, a lot of people use the whole Second Amendment thing to yeah. justify their ownership of a gun. And again, in the past, I myself have been a proponent of that form of thinking. But you know what? This show has been going on for how many years now? Several. And I've had time to think about it. A lot of time. It should not be a right. It should be a privilege, just the same way that you do not have a right to own and operate a uh, a motor vehicle in the United States. It's a privilege, and it can be revoked. And if you're caught operating a, a motor vehicle when your privilege is revoked, well, guess what? You're in deep doo-doo. Um, guns should be no different in this matter. And if anybody's going to sit there and say, well, it's part of the Constitution. You can't take that out. Yeah, we can. That's what the whole idea of an amendment is. Now, but the other question that comes up is, and I think we had, um, we were quoting a lot of people crowing this last week, states' rights. So where does that fit into all of this? That- like if, if by some miracle, because again, that's what it's going to take, folks. I'm sorry, but if you get a government at the White House and the other two houses, Senate and Congress, that could actually get their shit together long enough to make that constitutional change. Would not other states just simply say, you know, screw you, we're keeping them anyway because states' rights? Is, is that something they could do? Okay. Mm, we If it's federal law, no. Well, all right. Hold, hold, hold not on legally. A hold, hold on a second. Anyway. We've got um, we, we're over time, and mm. uh, I, I I do want to give you guys a, an opportunity to, to to finish off whatever pieces that you missed out on. But um, this is something that happens currently, where there are certain states that have certain requirements for guns, especially handguns, where they are easier to get versus harder to get and it depends as to which side of the state line you're on mm-hmm. uh, for instance it's kind of tough to get guns in Detroit Michigan because Michigan is kind of locked that down but the adjacent states are far easier to get them ergo you drive across the border because travel is perfectly legal and well it's yeah. if there isn't if there isn't a complete across the board rule it, then you have you know the 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 weakest link in any chain 
that's exactly what you've got. So it's like, why bother? Hmm. Yeah, um, Joey is, yeah. We, 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 Dell and I. <laughs> yeah. There, there's, a, there's a thing. There's a thing. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. And like I said, uh, we, we've really run out of time and, and used up uh, extra. So um, does anybody have anything that they, they that they need to get out at this point with, with everything else that we've gotten at this point? Uh, I just want to say uh, for those of you who aren't certain, you know, when we talk about how some people out there who glorify guns and say that they're going to be the next hero, you know, that everybody owning a gun means that they get to do all the cool things. And you're like, yeah, you can't, you know, they're, they're over-exaggerating. Let me show you what Glock wants to sell you on. If you go to YouTube and do a search for Glock and Gunny, meaning uh, G-U-N-N-Y, wrong convenience store, uh, you will see an advertisement made by um, Glock with Gunny from, you know, um, uh, uh, what what the hell was that war movie Um, where he was the... uh, Oh, Full Metal Jacket. Full Metal Jacket, yeah. You're talking about the Gunny, Gunnery Sergeant Arlie Ermey. Yeah, he's in this commercial at the end. Um, and it's on the Glock website, even though it's a YouTube video. Um, they they link it there. And I put it in the show notes for anybody who wants... Uh, well, I put it in the show notes section. I know we'll put it on the page later. This is what they're trying to sell you on. This is exactly what the, the, the gun companies and the NRA and your average person who's a gun nut is trying to sell you on this is how it's going to go down. And in reality, that's not how it goes down. Uh, Tech, where'd you put that? I put it in... If you go into uh, HCTV, host show notes. Ah. Yes. You know, the place that we put all the show notes. No, no, no. That's that's, that's not what that's really supposed to be for. I need to get rid of that. So I screwed it up. Fantastic. Hold on, I got it. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll get it afterwards, but be that as it may. There, I put it in there. Uh, appreciate that. I was trying to be good, and I screwed up. No, it, I, it, see, see, I, I was... This is a perfect example of you plan things out to go the right way, and they all go south. Yeah, well, the the whole point of that was I was like trying to use that for when we were when we were uh, trying to see about the, the technology change, and mm-hmm. uh, that, that I, I never used it for that, and I, I need to get rid of that, I think. It all went it. south, just like the funding for a middle school went south. Okay, again, that's a whole other thing for another day. It, it is it is an annoyance item because I don't want to talk about that now, and I really want to talk about a whole bunch of shit, but I'm a little bit on the tired side, and I'm also a little bit on the, this is actually not so bad. So, you know, it's kind of affecting just a little bit. Um, Bridget... Any, any, anything that you wanted to get out? I would really like to see us try some kind of a gun buyback program. Yeah. I would love to see that. And we did cash for clunkers, so I don't see why we couldn't do it. On that subject, uh, there have been a number 
police stations throughout the country uh, on local and county level uh, that have done exactly that. They've done gun buybacks. You, you show up with a gun, no questions asked. They don't even check to see if the gun works. You can walk in with a busted gun and yeah, they'll still buy it back off you. I think that's a great story. They're, they're, unfortunately, they are few and far between. Mm-hmm. And if that's uh, if that's all that we got at this point, let me let me let me tag onto that one real quick. Okay. The well, I'm sorry. Was was there something that you wanted to to, to something more that you wanted to say? Because otherwise, I'm I'm going to finalize. No, I, I just think it would be good, you know, a good start to do that. And I think that would reduce at least the number out there because I think some people would sell for money. And, uh, Dallin, I'm sorry if I'm, I was shuttling no. aside. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. good. Okay. So here's, here's, here's where I'm going to close it out with the buyback program is a great idea. But they'll be bitching, complaining about, well, you're not giving us nearly enough money for what we've already invested. And that will happen because that has happened. There will also be the, well, if I give in my guns, the people that don't respect the law aren't going to turn in their guns. And, well, I need to protect myself from those people that aren't obeying the law because I'm a law-abiding citizen even if the law is to turn in my weapon, there's a problem there. There is the gun culture that is we need to be the we need to be the wild wild west and we need to be the sheriff that's gonna go ahead and take care of these guys regardless of whether or not the sheriff's coming. Dong some people know where that one goes. There is the I need because it says I'm supposed to be able to have the true believers. And we have to be afraid of so many of these people because no matter how you slice it, the only way that I can describe this is their motivations are not pure. And there's the problem. Culturally, we don't have that at this point. And that's what makes all the difference. Motivation. If you have people who have access to a weapon, but are smart enough and wise enough to know that it's not a good choice that actually understand I'm looking to destroy a person and to terminate their life. That's a heavy load to hold on to. And you, unless you took actual philosophy, you really don't understand what that means. Unless you took actual medical training, you don't know what that actually means. Hell, if you're trained in medical, you might actually be one of those people that knows 
not killing somebody might actually be worse than killing somebody in some respects. Yeah, right now, culturally, legally, the idea is the individual people should be allowed to have these weapons to protect themselves and the country. Ethically, it is so wrong as to be absolutely worthy of ridicule. And it is. Because we're a bunch of petulant little kids who want to be tyrants of their own story. It's a bad way of doing business. It's a bad way to run a country. And this was only going to end one way. In fire. I don't want to see that happen. Of course, I also don't want to be a person pulling a trigger. Can't imagine why. Without, we got to get out of here because I got a lot of notes to cover and it's late. And I've had a really, uh, I've had a really long and emotional day, and uh, I was tired coming into this. So as always, everybody, thank you very much for being with us. Hope that you found something worthwhile in all of our perspectives, and you got something worth thinking about for yourselves. Uh, Forgive me for missing all of you guys early tonight in the live chat, because I apparently had the wrong URL and the wrong window open. So, um, Felis, Stephanie... Uh, thank you guys. Who else was in there earlier? Uh, Ryan, Beth, thank you guys. Uh, I, I did not get the chance of reading through everything earlier. I'm sorry, but, uh, I, I've tried to kind of keep track of it all. So thank you for being as always, uh, tech. Thank you, man. You have yourself a uh, restful morning and, uh, I will, uh, we'll be talking with you again next week. I hope. Should be, yes. Thank you, man. You take mm-hmm. care of yourself. Uh, Bridget, um, I'm glad you got home uh, safely. I'm sorry that your uh, little container of maple butter didn't make it. <laughs> yeah. Bastards. We'll, we'll go over the border and we'll get you some. How's that? Okay. <laughs> get you the good stuff. Anyway, thank you very much, as always, for your time. Yeah. If you want to find me, you can find me on Facebook, Bridget Fitch, or um, my blog at BridgetFitch2112.wordpress.com. And Beyond the Trailer Park is not having a show this Monday. We're having one next Monday at 930 Eastern. Not sure what the topic is yet, but I will let you know next week. Appreciate it, Joey, it's good to have you back and um, for the foreseeable future because, damn, um, I, I'm, I'm, see, when, 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 
when Joey was uh, was talking with Dallin and, and me last night about his new machine, he was complaining that he's not going to be able to play World of War Tanks for a while because um, th- the lag that he got so used to isn't there in his game anymore. So he, his <laughs> shooting is way off and he's got to readjust to everything. So it's congratulations. I don't it, care. It's, it's World of Tanks. That's hilarious. I don't, I, don't, I don't care. World of War Tanks. Anyway. I know. Um, World of Warships is what was coming through my head, and it, I couldn't stop fast enough. Yeah, you just want the Amato. Actually, <laughs> actually, no. The The amount of time and effort that I would have to put into that, I've I've already discontinued playing the game. Cause just, no. Wait, can you actually get that? Yeah. Yes. <gasps> and when they had the sp- when they had the uh I it was a, I want to say a Halloween special where every Halloween space. they have a, a, an event thing go on. They had a space version yes, and yes, I saw that. The battleship Yamato was in it. <laughs> anyway, um two things I just want to throw out there real quick. Anyone that wants to complain about not getting their money's worth for a gun buyback, go ahead, buy a car. Yep. Full cash down, drive it for five minutes and come back and try to sell it for the same amount. Yeah, good luck with that. And number two, um, oh dear. Oh, right. Um, not everyone's worthy, let's face it. Uh, Steve Rogers came close to grabbing Thor's hammer, but uh, wasn't quite there. Well, yeah. good old, Hol- no. if good old wholesome Steve Rogers wasn't quite good enough. Do- don't, 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 Dallin, no. All right, all right, Dallin. all right. Joey? All right. I haven't seen it. <laughs> so let I, him stay I, spoiler-free, folks. I, I, I think I know what you're getting at, but I haven't seen it yet. Yes. Um, Hulk yeah. grabs Hulk grabs Thor, who is holding on a mule near, and swings him around. So you got that going for you. How's that? That's in the comics. It's not in the movie. So, you know, Although, that would be fucking hysterical. Yes, I, and, and I am aware that there's... does eventually. Fair enough. Uh, why? Care. Because I read the I Am comic book. <laughs> anyway, thank you for your time, man. You take care of yourself. and it, it, Seriously, enjoy. And Dallin... Um, I'm frightened. You should mm. be. Dallin, uh, it's 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 that time again. It is indeed. <laughs> I don't know what he thanks me for. I just I just do my thing. Um, of course, curator of the audio version of the show over at holycraptheblogcast dot com, which is up to date. I might add. Uh, for myself, uh, for the odd uh, stream of consciousness type thing, uh, you can catch me over at inthewind.yo5.ca. And I want to do a plug here for a particular YouTuber or group of, uh, of game players. Uh, if you're looking for, you know, uh, a quick synopsis of certain games like World of Tanks, World of Warships, Rainbow Six Siege, several of the others, I can't see a damn thing that he just said. That's okay. Uh, I'm just pointing out, <laughs> my pod kicker's got it right there. We, we, we yeah. can't even read it backwards. I don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't care. Anyways, I don't care. Uh, if you're looking for something that will actually have you in stitches watching people, check out the YouTuber called The Russian Badger. That his team God of people from, from Warhammer 40K to, like I said, World of Tanks, World of Warships, War Thunder, 
uh, Rainbow Six. It, it, I, I've looked at some of them, but I mean, these guys, they have fun. They laugh. And they do some pretty awesome voice work. And I honestly think I will, I will never... My, my favorite line? I'm going to need the heavy bolter for this heresy. That's, it's it's awesome in context, folks. <laughs> that's perfect. <sighs> anyway. So, seriously, thank you very much for your time. Uh, mm-hmm. And we will... Uh, oh, yeah, I have to kind of turn off all those names and bring my face back up over here. There we go. So, uh, as was mentioned, yes, if you'd like to get the audio version of the show, please take a swing over to holycrapthevlogcast.com and uh, we will see about that. Of course, if you would like to go ahead and um, leave us a voicemail message, the phone number is over there on the screen for you. 859-HCTV-554 859-428-8554 Yeah, I'm kind of getting used to the whole idea that on my screen, it's backwards. So if I want to point to the thing that's on the screen on this side of my screen, I have to point that way, which is kind of stupid, but whatever. And no, I, I wasn't doing the uh, I wasn't doing the Brady Bunch uh, closed this time. Um, thank you for being with us. Uh, Stephanie had said, "Shujin, you cannot do everything." No. No, I can't. And Joey will be the first to tell you. Saying that ain't going to stop me from trying. Mm. I got a lot that I still have yet to do. And a lot that I've accomplished. But, damn it, I'm going to keep doing the best that I can. So thank you. You all have yourselves a good week. And we will see you next time. What are we going to talk about at that point? Who in the hell knows? Maybe we'll just sniff Sharpies for a week. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we'll maybe we'll try to find a way of doing Cards Against Humanity. I don't know. But we'll figure it out. So until that time, as always, I wish you all the peace I no longer have. I wish you the strength that I've learned. I wish you well. And since 1988, my lady, I am still in love with you. And I still love you. Matane Fujin, I love you. I miss you. Dream of me. Till the next time we get together, everyone. As always, good night. And TSA, we think that you suck. <laughs> You've been listening to Holy Crap, the Vlogcast. Feel free to leave a comment at the show's website at holycrapthevlogcast.com, where you'll also find links to our Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter pages. Theme music is Twisted by Kevin McLeod, available at incompetech.com. And on behalf of all of us here, thank you for listening.